When do they film this? Right now. No. Yeah. It's a little. It's a little early. Good morning, everybody. If you would please turn in your Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. Stand with me in reverence to reading God's Word in His house this morning. Exodus 33, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. You are a stiff-necked people. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stick-necked people. I could, not, I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now therefore take off your ornaments that I may know what to do to you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments at the base of Mount Horeb. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered into the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and for the truth of it. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to apply that word to our life today so truly. God, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your love for us and your son, Jesus Christ, that displays it every day. For your Holy Spirit, Lord, may it move freely through this place. God, may our hearts and lives be ever changed for being in your presence this morning. Thank you, God, for your word. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about social distancing. Social distancing. It's something that I never knew in my life. I'm a social butterfly. I move from person to person and I visit people. I hug everybody. My mama hugged me coming in the house, going out of the house. My daddy hugged me coming in the house, going out of the house. We know people. I shake hands with everybody I see. I don't know that there are any strangers out there. I, I try not to be annoying with my comfort level in talking to everybody that I see. But I realize easily that I talk to everybody that I see. So social distancing is new to me, right? The idea that I have to keep six foot away from somebody means that I have to speak louder when I speak to them and start up a conversation somewhere. 
because now they're six foot away and their hearing might not be as good as mine. But definitely I still want to make sure that I get their attention and that we interact somewhere because I'm of the firm belief that if I don't interact somehow and look for an opportunity to share Jesus or discuss him with everybody and every day, the day is shot. That's the purpose of the day because if the purpose of the day is to get up and go to work and come home, so I struggle with social distancing, right? If you just go to work and pay the bills and go to work and pay the bills and go to work and pay the bills, that's a rat in a cage. That's not what we're here for. So there's got to be more because Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, so I'm looking for that personal interaction and in everything every day. Social distancing is hard for me. Look, I don't want to talk about politics today. I, I don't. I'm not going to. But we will in a minute because politics is specific. Politics is specifically something that this passage of Scripture discusses with us. And we've got to understand exactly what that is. So just to, just to frame the setting, chapter 32 of Exodus finds Moses talking with God and having the Ten Commandments in his hand. When God makes him aware after giving him great instruction that the people at the base of the mountain have built a golden calf and are worshiping a false idol. And Moses is to go down and address those people. And he goes to the bottom of the mountain and finds those people and his faithful, loyal brother Aaron sitting there staring upon a golden calf. And Moses gets mad and he throws the two stones and the stones break and God is upset with the people and God lets Moses know already that I could just drop in and consume them and that's what I should do. And at the end of chapter 32, the last, the last verse of scripture says, so the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. And then in verse 33, in chapter 33, it moves in and says that the Lord instructed to take the people, and, and notice please, says, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. If you read through chapter 32, it references those people as the children of Israel. They're the nice children of Israel. But in 33, it says the people you brought with you, not the children of Israel. So, so notice that God's got a different tone, right? Because now the people have committed sin. They brought sin into the camp. And sin can't be tolerated in the camp. So God's got a different tone with his people. Just like when my children do good things, they're my children. When my children do bad things, they're Lori's children. Amen. Amen. So, so we all have that opportunity to understand exactly. It's a matter of perspective, right? So God... God coming from that perspective at that time and he wants to make sure that they understand that you need to be repentant for the great sin that you've committed upon me by creating this golden calf. And so he, he tells that to Moses who tells that to the people and one of the ways that they show that is by removing their ornaments. And it says that Moses told them that you're to take your ornaments off so that God knows what to do with you. Because if they were in mourning, if they were in grief for their great action, for their great sin, then, then one of the ways they would show that is to take off their jewelry and their ornaments and the things of this world. Frame it now. To take off the things of the world. They had to remove their ornaments. They had to separate themselves from their worldly possessions. If you move into 33 verse 7... Moses has instructed them, and he is planning on moving them forward. And verse 7 says, Moses took his tent. And here's where the message starts. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far 
from the camp. He didn't pitch it at the edge of the, of, the, of the camp. He pitched it far from the camp. And he called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, everyone who sought the Lord went out of the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. So Moses took his own personal tent and he went outside the camp and then he went far away from the camp. Social distancing. Because what was in the camp? A bunch of confused people who had just committed a great sin who were still not sure about whether they should have their ornaments on or not or whether they were actually in the right or in the wrong. So Moses didn't want the tabernacle of meeting to be anywhere close to that garbage. So he moved it out there far from the camp and he said, this will be the tabernacle of meeting and I'm going to give up my own tent to show you that I'm committed to this because everybody knew that Moses was committed because he had led them to this point. Moses moved the tabernacle of meeting far from the camp. And it says, everyone who sought the Lord. Now that's the difference in those people you brought with you from Egypt and the children of Israel. So understand very clearly that there is a clear and definite separation in those children of God, those what we call Christians today, and the non-Christian community that's out there in the world. Amen? And that's the difference that needs to be noticed here is that those who sought the Lord went out there. Those who sought the Lord left their tent. They left the comfort and the trappings of their home. They went out there to where Moses had parked that tent of his own. And where he had called it the tabernacle of meeting. Those who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting. Verse 8 says, So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, whenever Moses went out there, all of the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone in. Can you imagine that? Moses walks out of wherever he's sleeping this morning. It's not his tent because his tent's down there. So he gets up, stretches, Heads to the tabernacle meeting and every step, somebody's popping their head out of their tent saying, there he goes, there he goes, there he goes. Says that as he walked to the tabernacle meeting, look closely, each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he went into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as soon as he entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descended, stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud at the tabernacle and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So what was required for those people who just got through making a golden calf and aren't real sure about whether to put their ornaments on or ornaments off unless they're told to, to become worshippers of God? For Moses to go leave the camp and go stand in that tent. One man... Walk out, make a difference, go far, lead the way, show them what the benefit is. Here's what's going to happen, people, if you truly follow God and if you're willing to leave your ornaments off and if you go the distance. I thought about Field of Dreams. That's one of my favorite movies, right? I love Field of Dreams. And Terrence Mann is a writer in Field of Dreams and, and, uh, and he goes to the ball game with uh, Kevin Costner and they're sitting at the ball game and the voice tells him, go the distance. Go the distance. Moses went the distance. He got up and he walked out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp and far from the camp. And everybody watched him do that. And when he did that and the pillar of cloud descended, at that point in time, everybody worshipped. And in order to get everybody on board, somebody had to make the first step. Somebody had to make the first step, and that person was Moses. Moses said, I'm willing. 
Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to, to the camp. But Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. Now it says specifically, Joshua the son of Nun, Joshua who was a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Joshua chose to stay there. Where was the tabernacle? It was outside the camp and far from the camp. What happened at the tabernacle? Well, that's where all those people went that sought the Lord. So the fact that Joshua did not leave there meant that he constantly sought the Lord. Joshua never did not seek the Lord. Joshua didn't have other things to do. He was the servant of Moses. Unless Moses sent him somewhere, he didn't have other things to do. So he was there. Moses was leading all the people, so he would go to the tabernacle and he would come back and lead the people and do his work that he had to do there. Most of us don't live in this church building. Amen? We live somewhere else. At that time, in order for you to see God, for you to speak to God, if you want to seek God, you've got to go outside the camp and far from the camp because that's where you could find God. But not today because the veil is torn. Amen? The veil is torn today thanks for the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us on the cross. You and I can be in the presence of God everywhere we are. So what we have to decide is how do we do that and still be in the camp and be in the Walmart and be in the Bahamas and be in your workplace and be in somewhere else? How can you be at the tabernacle and still be wherever it is that you are? Well, that's easy because God is everywhere. And if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ today, all you have to do is seek him where he is. And since he's everywhere, you have to be looking for him everywhere you are. You don't have to go outside and far. You just have to open your eyes and see. But what else did the people have to do? And here's the kicker. They had to take those ornaments off. Man, I get it. I get it, preacher. You don't want me to wear We don't wear jewelry. No. Oh, you don't want me to have a fishing boat? No. Oh, you're saying I need to give up my worldly? No, no, no. What's the biggest distraction that you have today? Is it a pair of earrings? No. Is it rights, looting, wear a mask, don't wear a mask? Does the governor have the right to social distancing, coronavirus this, death rate this, the sickness rate this, how many people are on event this? Everywhere you look, if you're a Democrat, you got to vote for this person. If you're a Republican, you got to vote for this person. If you're this, you got to vote for this person. At the end of the day, all we have to do is be faithful to God and follow the teachings of God in Jesus Christ. That's all we have to do. All of this other stuff is fluff and spin, and it's spinning around, and it's just like those ornaments. And until those people took off those ornaments, they could not see God because they weren't the children of Israel. As long as they wore those ornaments, they were them folks you brought out of Egypt. And what we have to decide as God's people is are we going to be the children of God? Are we going to be Christians? Or are we going to look like everybody else and get caught in the spin? Because the spin's going nowhere, y'all. If you hadn't noticed, if it go, one goes away today, would you, a, a, a trial or a hearing goes off today, tomorrow there's a riot, and then the next day there's a coronavirus, and the next day there's, a, there's something different every day. This is the flavor of the week, dude. You're not, we're not going to get out of this. So either we can get in the middle of it, 
get all those ornaments attached to us, not be able to see God, not be able to leave out of the camp, or we can choose to back out and say, oh, wait a minute. That's good. Whatever. I wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. I, I do whatever. I, what, okay, whatever. Here's what's important. My God is with me. My God's with me if I got a mask on. My God's with me if I don't. Maybe they're wrong to tell me to wear a mask, but I don't know. Make that point. That's not my point. What, what difference does it make? At the end of the day, what I know is all of my neighbors are watching me go to the tabernacle. They're watching. They're watching you. They're watching you. And you have the ability to go out and lead worship for all of those other people when they see that, well, you know what? Everybody's panicking and everybody's freaking out. And it's just like Brother Howard prayed a while ago. There are people panicking all over the world because they have no idea that you and I know that the tabernacle is here. He who is in control of all things is right here. Right here. And he's not the governor and he's not the president. And he's not a president to be and he's not a senator. He's God. Our choice today is do we want to live there or do we want to live here? And it's your choice. The distractions of the day are the ornaments that have to be removed. This morning, I don't know where this message finds you. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I, I know that you you may be uh, tied up and battled. You may have sick relatives. You may have been sick. You may have lost people. I know people have lost jobs. These things have impacted people incredibly. You may be angry because of rights. You may be sad because of rights. You may be moving forward in the midst of the rights. But God calls us to, regardless of what your point and what your stance is and what your political affiliation is, to be faithful. And you can't be faithful to what you don't know. So this morning, the opportunity that you have is to refresh or begin a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can't be faithful to what you don't know. But today, you have an opportunity, whether it be to make a decision to to submit your life to Jesus Christ or to make a decision to join this church or a church. Today you have an opportunity. Tomorrow you'll have the same one. But as God lays it on your heart, your call now is to be obedient to his call. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word and the truth and the passion of it. God, thank you for the fact that regardless of what's going on in the world, whether it be during the times of World War II when everybody thought the world was coming to an end, or today when everybody thinks surely the world's coming to an end, regardless of what's going on, your word is still consistently true because you are the way, the truth, and the life. God, we give you glory for all things. I pray now that you burden the hearts of your people, Father, that we hear your word and that we respond the way you would have us to. In Jesus' name, amen.